Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm your host, Cliff Vaughn, media producer at Good Faith Media. Good Faith Reads is a short podcast released twice a month in which we focus on one of our book authors at Good Faith Media. We've published more than 100 titles under our Nurturing Faith book imprint, and we invite you to check them out at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. Today's guest is Larry C. Williams, author of Untie Your Soul, Rediscovering the Spiritual Writings of Samuel H. Miller. He's joining us remotely from Lewisburg, North Carolina. Larry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Cliff. Larry, you've selected and edited some of the work of Samuel Miller. I was not familiar with Miller, but it didn't take long for me to become hooked. So could you start by telling us a bit about who Samuel Miller was and why his writing was and is important? I think Samuel Miller would like to be identified as a pastor. He was pastor of Old Cambridge Baptist Church in Cambridge, Massachusetts, for 24 years, uh, from 1934 to 1959. And then he was asked to be dean of Harvard Divinity School. Uh, he was uh, very reluctant. He, he said the thing he loved to do most was be a pastor, but he accepted that. And I think one of the advantages of having somebody like Samuel Miller out of a long pastorate was that he put more of an emphasis on pastoral uh, training. And uh, there had been the emphasis on the scholar and uh, this kind of thing at Harvard. Uh, In his new work as dean, he moved Harvard closer toward uh, the pastorate and the training. Uh, Miller was a a great reader. Uh, If you look at the index, right, like for the great realities, uh, you see the mention of the theologians, the philosophers, the poets, the artists, and he himself was an artist. So what he brings to this type of writing is the the depth of a scholar, but the touch uh, with common people and common themes. Uh, I find it difficult myself to find good devotional writing. And if someone wants to read something daily uh, that will bring you deeper into your spirituality, uh, then Samuel Miller and uh, Untie Your Soul is the book for you. I believe so. How did you get interested in Miller? Well, it's interesting that uh, I went to chapel one day at the seminary, uh, our colonial style uh, chapel on the seminary campus, and there was a guest speaker, Samuel Miller. I'd never heard of him, but I was intrigued. And uh, toward the end of his address, uh, which turned out to be more of a sermon than an address, he made reference to a woman uh, going down to the sea, waiting for her husband to return. And he drew a picture of a woman's brown high top shoes. And I've never lost that uh, image. And so uh, it seems to say to us pastors uh, that uh, if you can paint a picture, it will be remembered more than just the words. So it was that image. And then Sid Staley was the president of our seminary. 
He was a great fan of Samuel Miller, the, the great realities. And one day in chapel, he said, I keep the great realities by Samuel Miller on my nightstand. And every night I read an excerpt. Uh, so that sort of hooked me also when I started reading uh, some of Samuel Miller's books in the mornings and uh, became captivated by his style and the depth of meaning. Clearly, this book is about the soul and Miller's understanding of it. You have a study guide with discussion questions at the end of the book in which you lead readers to think more intentionally about the soul. What's something you'd like readers to know about Miller's perception of the soul and his writing about the soul? You know, Cliff, sometimes when I see interviewers, uh, they will ask a question and the one being interviewed will say, uh, that's a very good question. <laughs> so I'll tell you, that's a very good question, but it is also a very difficult question uh, because uh, Samuel Miller doesn't give exactly that definition of uh, the soul. Uh, in the life of the soul, I saw this heading, what is the soul? I thought, oh, this is good. He's going to spell it out for me. Uh, but it was uh, filled with ambiguity, or I should say uh, mystery. And uh, Glenn Henson in the foreword said, just like the writer of Genesis, Miller does not write down a neat definition of what the soul is. And I think personally, if I find somebody who is uh, so... Uh, bent on saying exactly what the soul is, uh, that doesn't speak to me. So I think there has to be some mystery about any words about the soul. And uh, if I had to add one word that would help in understanding Miller, I think it would be becoming. He was always seeing the self becoming. Uh, in his book, uh, The Dilemma of Modern Belief, which by the way was the Lyman Beecher lectures, uh, he said to have faith in God is to believe in becoming the limitless possibilities of becoming in the kind of becoming that transfigures human beings and transform the world. So. Uh, he had in mind with the soul, our becoming and our being transformed uh, and the world being transformed. I love this phrase that he used uh, often about the soul. It's only known in God's dreaming. We'll be right back with more Good Faith Reads. Arms folded, feet pacing the floor. It's written all over your face. The body doesn't hide our true feelings. It disregards promises made to keep the peace or just keep it to ourselves. I'm Reverend Starlet Thomas, host of the Raceless Gospel podcast from Good Faith Media. We're giving our listeners a hand when discerning body language. That's our focus in season three. 
The church is called the body of Christ. So what does our body language say about perennial and pressing hot button issues? What's costing us an arm and a leg? Who do we give the cold shoulder and keep at arm's length? When have we put our foot in our mouth or turned a blind eye? Why are we still sitting on our hands? Where do we toe the line? And why is the kingdom that is coming not on the tip of our tongues? In season three of the Raceless Gospel Podcast, we'll address these questions in eight episodes, and I hope you'll be all ears. The Raceless Gospel Podcast is looking at body language. I'm your podcast pastor, Reverend Starlet Thomas. Episode one drops on May 5th. Learn more at goodfaithmedia.org. Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Today we're joined remotely by Larry C. Williams, author of the book Untie Your Soul, Rediscovering the Spiritual Writings of Samuel H. Miller. I'm Cliff Vaughn of Good Faith Media. Larry, as I noted at the outset, this book represents your collection and editing of some of Miller's writings. Tell us how you set about the collecting and editing process, how long it took, any rules or principles you adopted along the way, and so forth. Well, I decided from the beginning I wanted to use three of his books, The Life of the Soul, The Life of the Church, and The Great Realities. He wrote other books, but I thought this would give us the essence of Miller's theology. Uh, I also used prayer for daily use, uh, but I use that as a prayer before each section, and I encourage people to read those prayers. Uh, In each of the books, I would mark off a portion, a small portion. Uh, I wanted to give it a tentative title. Uh, Some of those changed uh, as I worked on it further. I wanted it to be so it would be one page, uh, and I wanted it to have a beginning and an ending. I really wanted it to be like Samuel Miller sat down and wrote these meditations one by one. Uh, You ask how long did it take? (laughs) You won't believe this, but it took 12 years. (laughs) From the time I started to the time I got the book back, And I didn't work all the time uh, at that, of course, but many Wednesdays, uh, I would go to a little cottage or later I went to a retreat center and I would spend Wednesdays working on the book. And uh, uh, it became uh, like a labor, having a baby, you know, and it was a very long labor. but I persisted, and uh, the biggest uh, difficulty was getting permission uh, because Harper and Collins that had printed these books had their archives closed. And so for two years, we couldn't work on the uh, permissions. And someone who worked with me, who knew about publishing, was able to get permission from the granddaughters of Samuel Miller. And that's the way we do it. But uh, I learned so much and there were so many people involved in this writing. And uh, I just hope that people will spend time with it because it's well worth it. It certainly is. And we, we hope that's the case as well. 
You note in the book that while Miller served as minister of Old Cambridge Baptist Church, he lost two sons, both during World War II. I was wondering how you see that personal tragedy and grief expressed in Miller's writings, or do you see it expressed in the writings that you've chosen? What can readers look for in that regard? I cannot imagine personally losing a son in the war. But then to lose two sons, and also when he was a child, he had a younger brother to die. So uh, it's bound to have affected him. And, and in one place he wrote, life is tragic. Until we know this, we do not know life. So Miller in his writings would not be afraid to talk about the suffering we go through the tragic side of life. But the good thing was it didn't make him cynical. Instead, his writings had more depth and more meaning. Uh, he was de dealing with the real realities of all of life. And he was a very hopeful man. And, and so he gave me more hope in reading this because of the suffering he went through. An important note to all of our listeners, we at Good Faith Media are always accepting book proposals. Our authors engage with an experienced team of editors, designers, and marketers to produce and sell books on a variety of topics. If you have a book proposal you'd like to run by us, head on over to goodfaithmedia.org bookstore for more information. Larry, maybe my favorite excerpt from Miller is this. It's on page 30 of your book. It comes from Miller's The Life of the Soul, published in 1951. Here's the quote. Quit dressing your soul in somebody else's piety. Your soul is not a pauper. Let it live its own life. Truth is just as necessary for the life of the soul as faith and humility. And truth is not merely the final and authoritative statement of the universe's wide design or life's deepest meaning. No, truth is the soul being itself. End quote. Those few sentences blew my mind when I read them, and it really it helped hook me with, with Miller. I find them plain and powerful, and that's remarkable from my perspective, given that they come from a man at Harvard, and there's a photo in your book of, of Miller with Reinhold Niebuhr and Paul Tillich. So such a powerful mind, but in my opinion, at least based on the excerpts and selections that you've provided, such accessible writing. I'm wondering, well, you can make another comment about Miller and his writing style, if you would like to. And then I'd also like to hear you read one of your favorite excerpts from the book and why it's a favorite. Well, Cliff, you stole my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. Uh, and many people will say that's their favorite. And uh, if you'd read a little bit further, it would have included uh, the quote that uh, led to the title of the book, Untie Your Soul, because that's what he says, uh, untie your soul. So I'll go to my second favorite, uh, and that's the page ahead of that, uh, page 29, uh, uh, Stop writing, writing the Breaks of the Heart, and I'll just read a short excerpt. Miller says, we feel failure more than we love life. So we refuse the great ventures. We're careful to do only what we've always done and know how to do well. So we never break the dull repetition of the old routine. 
for the new creation in God. Crawl out of those tombs and prisons. There is a world of light and freedom waiting. Have faith in God and let life be free. Stop riding the brakes of the heart. The soul will never grow tied down in bed with the shades drawn. Uh, that is his style, uh, very direct in speaking to you, uh, very understandable. And you said plain and powerful. I find uh, all of his writings powerful, but uh, I will give a warning that it's not always plain. <laughs> As long and complicated sentences uh, I gave this manuscript to, uh, an uh, English teacher, she was retired, and I said, I, I want you to do any corrections. And she brought it back to me in a few days, and she said, I can't change all of these long sentences. I can't correct all of this. I said, I only wanted you to see misspell words or punctuation. But uh, it is not what you would usually learn in a writing course. Uh, I I'm glad that... Uh, you mentioned that picture uh, of Reinhold Niebuhr and Paul Tillich and Samuel Miller. When I saw that in the archives at Harvard, I said, I have to include that picture because I think to me, it shows something of the stature of Samuel Miller right there alongside Reinhold Niebuhr and Paul Tillich. But if you'll note in that picture, he is behind Niebuhr and he's adjusting his hood on his robe. And that's where Miller would want to be. I, <laughs> I, I did love that photo and I'm so glad that you thought to include it and were able to include it because on the, it does show the, the stature of the, the men and the institutions that they represented and were associated with. But the fact that it's sort of a candid photo and it, uh, maybe mundane is not the quite the right word, but your comment about uh, Miller and what he's doing in the photo seems apt. Anything else you would like to add about Samuel Miller? I know there are a million things you could say and would like to say, but what's something that we haven't talked about that you think is particularly important for listeners to hear? Well, there is one thing I'd like to add, and uh, that is that there's a section in the book when I talk about different ways of reading this book. And uh, one I said is to read it in different places. And I've read this in a number of places. Uh, there, there's a little park in our small town and a river that runs through it. And it, it just brings me in touch with uh, some of the deeper things in life. And I've taken uh, the book down and read to the river. And uh, uh, one of my favorite places uh, is at the ocean, to stand at the edge of the ocean, because the ocean has that depth and wideness. And, and that's what I see in Samuel Miller's writing. But my very favorite place that I read this book was at Fenway Park in Boston. <laughs> I'm a big Red Sox fan. I've been a Red Sox fan for 73 years. And uh, I was at uh, a game and a good friend of mine who was with me uh, 
said, uh, I know that you plan to go down on the park on the ball field, you're not going to be able to do that. I said, well, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) The security guard, I told him what I was going to do. And before that, I'd met a former uh, third baseman for the Red Sox and his wife, and they're very involved in the church. So I talked to the security guard. He let me in, and that uh, untie your soul was read at Fenway Park. And I mean, I belted it out. (laughs) I was on the turf, and uh, I hope uh, that uh, I can belt this out to the world. (laughs) Uh, And do uh, read this in different places, and it'll make a lot of uh, meaning to you. And read it out loud. It's poetic, so read it out loud. It is. It is po- poetic for sure, and mm-hmm. and I think it won't take readers long to appreciate uh, Samuel Miller. Our guest today on Good Faith Reads has been Larry C. Williams, author of the Good Faith Media book "Untie Your Soul: Rediscovering the Spiritual Writings of Samuel H. Miller." The book, along with more than a hundred other titles, is available at GoodFaithMedia.org/bookstore. Larry, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you very much.